0: Hey folks, welcome to Culture Jacked. You're here with Dustin and Anthony. Well, just Dustin today, because it's a Friday show. And today on the show, I'm going to, to pose the question. Are we marketable enough yet? Have we done enough to make ourselves marketable? Uh, before I get into to the podcast for today. You'll, you'll notice a change in format. We're trying to answer each other's questions from the previous podcast. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and answer Anthony's questions that he posed on the Monday Madness episode. Um, and uh, that happened on, well, Monday. <laughs> Uh that so Monday that's when he releases his side of the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh there's another one there that's just waiting for you. And if you haven't already realized this show is kind of a uh it's kind of a serial in nature, so you've really got to listen to the other side to appreciate the one that you're currently listening to. So listen to both sides of the show. Anthony Uh, You had asked me what my position is on everyone's favorite coronavirus buzzword, social distancing. And uh, you also asked me about what my opinion was or position was on the public wearing of masks and gloves. I think you said masks specifically. Now, it's really interesting because like many things in this nation, in the U.S., uh, this has almost become kind of a faction-splitting question. Almost. It's not quite there yet. I just got done having a real long discussion with some of my pals on the internet about the, the pros and the cons of reopening the economy immediately versus uh, the majority of people uh, staying instead quarantined at home. And as you all know we here at Culture Jack like to stay as apolitical as the coronavirus likes to stay asymptomatic. <laughs> hey, I'll be here all night. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and, and due to that, we're not going to talk about protests, about uh, cowardice, or about politicians. And uh, as far as the social distancing stuff goes, Honestly, it seems like a good idea. I, I mean, it is a hard thing for people to do, for people to wrap their head around, especially with a virus that is as sneaky as this one. And and culturally, too, it, we're not used to wearing masks in public all the time like people are in other countries, like China. So there, I think there's some people that are embarrassed to do it. I think, you know, heck I, uh, (laughs) I wore a mask on a flight, um, to work and, and I, I wasn't used to being as intimate with my own breath as I was (laughs) while wearing this mask. Hey, as, as far as other people wearing masks, I, I hope they do it. Um, because like the experts say, when I'm doing it, My homemade mask really doesn't protect me, but it protects other people if I have it. I would hope that other people would then extend the same courtesy to me uh, to help me protect the people that that I care about. Um, And, you know, now now it's mandated in some places. So I'm sure there will still be some holdouts but I think at the very least, more people uh, will be wearing them and and those that are resisting will resist either until they are sick themselves or they are personally impacted. Uh, someone else close to them got sick or, you know, the whole thing is over. I mean, that's that's the lesson that some people need in order to do a thing in some cases, but let's get into the show. I had, I said, let's get into the show, but I didn't realize that Anthony had asked me another question. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to answer it now. But it's moving away from c- coronavirus stuff. Uh, Anthony, you also asked me, um, and by the way, you know this has gone beyond my intro now. I know it's my own doing. I'm the guy editing this thing. But are you trying to get me to spend my whole episode answering your questions again? It already happened once, sir stop asking such provocative, intriguing, demanding questions of my brain. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you also asked me what uh triple A movies are going to look like in the coming months, um, or the movie scene, I guess, in general, if this pandemic is to to drag on. Uh you talked uh a lot about B or C rated movies coming in to take the limelight away from maybe uh the more bombastic, robustic, uh robustic that's not a word. Uh <laughs> uh A or AAA a movies. Um and I think to some degree that's going to be true for a while. But eventually that slowdown will affect production on those uh, lower tier or or worse quality movies as well. I mean, maybe some people think Sharknado is is really good, high quality. So I'm not here to talk about quality of Sharknado. Um, but I think that those production schedules will be impacted uh, just like the big movies are impacted as well. Uh, I think during this time, a lot of people are going to find hidden gems on maybe a streaming service that they, they didn't know. I know you talked about, Tiger King. So a lot of people have watched Tiger King that maybe wouldn't have watched it if they weren't all cooped up inside or uh, not just maybe movies or shows that they hadn't seen before. They might go rewatch classics that they forgot about. You know, we we could even see a resurgence of movies uh, or even movies gaining new cult followings based on uh, these isolations and quarantines. And I also think that with delays in live action box office behemoths, a potential ramp up in animated shows that could be produced, voiced, edited, and released remotely, well, they might have a, a bright future on the horizon, don't you think? <sighs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday show. Uh, today, I'm throwing all kinds of things into the void of this microphone um, from the void of my nonsense brain uh, by way of my normal human mouth. I think it's normal. At least, you know, people that have looked and spoken of my uh, mouth through song or word have said that it's pretty normal in the reviews I've gotten. Um, It's a weird, weird tangent to get off on. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about video game delays. Uh and how this Xbox Series X, the new generation coming out this holiday season, will have the most exclusive titles of the next generation of console gaming. That comes later in the show though. First, a little housekeeping, uh, you know, to keep things tidy. Today's show is sponsored. Yes, we have a sponsor, it's sponsored by My Shoes. <laughs> I'm an adult, and if you're a bipedal, moderately intelligent, opposable thumb-having creature like me, one that lives in a nation or even on a planet shared with other adult bipedal human creatures, maybe even children bipedal creatures, you're going to want to look into shoes. You see, I'm sure you're tired of stepping on rocks, tree branches, porcupines, molten lava. Well, you know what? I was too, until I found shoes. Synthesized material that is bound to each individual foot using a lacing or, in my case, velcroing technology. In addition to the warm hug this product gives your foot, it also features a thicker, treaded material to improve balance and protect from piercing injuries. Shoes. Because footprints didn't look weird enough. (laughs) So dumb, but I wrote it and there's our sponsor for today's show. So take that real sponsors. Um, Also, uh, some very exciting news for the podcast. Not only have we been bringing you the smoldering hot vocal mastery of Anthony on the Monday Madness show, but I've also been designing personalized takes on some of the Internet's cumulative hive mind ideas and sentiments. And now we're making little podcast babies all across the internet, Anthony and I, to be found on several other popular streaming services besides iTunes and SoundCloud. Starting this week, we're also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, and Google Play. Uh, and if you if you didn't hear your preferred podcast host on that list, make sure to just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email and we'll make sure to get it added. A big shout out to Alyssa on Facebook for letting us know she needed us to be on Spotify in order for us to reach her eardrums. So thank you, Alyssa. We really appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. I want to start chewing on today's feature and today's feature will be quite a chew. It'll be quite a grind, and it might even be a little bit abstract because I'm not completely sure where I want to go with the thing uh, just yet, Uh, and it probably will be by the end of it as well. Uh, So the topic today started from a thought I had after I'd gotten in an endless loop of Facebook videos. I don't know if anyone that's listening can relate to this, but Whenever I get onto Facebook, it's it's to browse, to see what my friends, my near friends, and my enemies are up to because I never delete anyone. Um, so I'm browsing along, minding everyone else's business. When someone on my list has a video they've shared, so I tap on it. <laughs> Funny, Kindle, That dog was riding on that person's shoulders like a human toddler. Hilarious. And that's the beginning of the end. Because now you're in a Facebook loop of videos that the algorithm thinks that you need and a loop where you'll stay for exactly 1.37 hours lying in bed watching 16 segments of Dave Ramsey lecturing struggling restaurant owners on how to improve their business. (laughs) That's not Dave Ramsey, you idiot. That's Gordon Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is um, the retirement guru. He'd be telling them to, uh, to serve only potato soup until they completely owned the restaurant. Gordon Ramsay tells everyone they're babies. Dave Ramsay tells them uh, to follow uh, baby footsteps, <laughs> baby steps. I don't know. I don't have a lot of money. I don't, obviously, I don't listen to Dave Ramsay. Well, uh, anyway, it was while I was in this nightmare forever loop that I ran across an ad for a man who crafted flat metal birds. Uh, and these could easily be pounded into a fence or a brick wall or a tree or or anywhere that makes them uh, take hold with a spike. Uh, the the bird is on a spike that was pounded into a wall. So anywhere that will hold this spike bird. <laughs> it's going to be the name of my clothing company if I ever make one spike bird clothes. Um the company uh, that makes them is Metalbirds USA. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can go online. They have a website, metalbird.com. Um, that's that's the thing right there. It's it's like some kind of guerrilla vandalism that's very artsy. Uh, I think like you know like Banksy, and yeah these these works of art are pleasant to look at. But it's vandalism all the same. And I'm not, I'm not, and Culture Jack is not taking a pro or anti-street art position here. That's too hot. That's too hot a topic for us to tackle. Uh, that's, that's just what this is, what these things are. So the guy in the video that I watched described his journey to making these things. He enjoyed metal work, and so he made a couple. That grabbed the attention of his friends and somewhere along the lines, he convinced himself or was convinced that these things were good enough to sell and make some extra moolah. He found enough success that eventually one of his ads made it onto Facebook. Now, I realize anyone anyone can have an ad on Facebook. Uh, in f- in fact, it's always fun to see a sponsored post with only a couple comments and reactions. Um I have seen some some of the weirdest and funniest ads that are just like regular people trying to put their name, put their brand, put their product out there. But one of his ads that made it to Facebook to eventually catch the the scrolling eyes of this handsome Alaskan man here, and, and here we are. So this got me thinking, are we allowed to have hobbies and passions without endeavoring to profit off of them? Are we permitted to create without looking for a monetary uh, gain of some kind? Now, and this is just a thing that I saw on the internet. I'm sure there are several things people do and create that they don't showcase, they don't make Facebook ads for, but even away from the internet, we all know someone who is trying to sell necklaces they made. Maybe they draw caricatures carve wood or maybe they they're just playing a guitar on a street corner maybe it's magnified because of the internet you know more people they think they think they can turn their art their passion or their hobby into an income it just made me think does it start out that way do they start creating based on the idea that it might make them some extra cash in the future or does it start as just something they enjoy that later they think could be a marketable thing? Now I'm not trying to pontificate on people's devious motives or to say that everyone is trying to sell you something. They are. But moreover, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud about the things that I do and create and you know, maybe ruminating on my own motives. Um, you know. I'm doing some internal monologuing. Well, I'm I'm doing internal monologuing externally into this microphone. <laughs> so um I guess I'd just make it monologuing. I'm just monologuing. So for example, I I started writing a book years ago. Almost immediately after I started, I thought, "Wow, this is pretty good. I wonder if people would buy it." And no I, I haven't finished it. I still work on it from time to time. And every time I think about how I'll sell it, how I'll market it, uh I, I think I end up spending more time thinking about getting rid of the thing than building it in the first place. And and that's a real shame because I really do enjoy the process, you know, exploring the characters and and the world that I've created and cultivated. It's a challenge and it's so rewarding when the right words come together in the right way. Another example, I have a YouTube channel that's sitting dormant without new videos. But when I made it, I saw all of these folks on YouTube making incredible amounts of money making videos. And so even though I've always loved making videos and making people laugh, there was a part of me that said, hey, The advertising money will be rolling in any time now. I don't know what it is that makes people try and profit off their creations. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing either. Uh, Maybe it's just the common person's desire to pull themselves from the drudgery of a nine-to-five job. To remove themselves from the constant weight of rent, mortgage, bills, You know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the new version of, I should have come up with that. You know, when you'd see an invention or a product as as seen on TV, why didn't I think of that? What would I do if this passing, peaking inclination toward creation profiting came to pass? I made something that truly made me a lot of money or, or, or enriched me in some other way. What would I, what would I do? If it made me that load, loads and loads of money. <sighs> well, I'd probably do the same thing the metal bird guy would do. I'd probably spend more time creating. And maybe at that point, I would just enjoy it for the pure fact that it brings me joy. Not somebody else. It's making me no money but the act of creating it alone and enjoying it myself would be enough. I don't know. I don't know. Just it was just a thought I had that turned into an expansion of ideas and I thought I I thought I'd share it with everyone here. And I could go on and on ruminating on this topic, but I do I do have a podcast to run ladies and gentlemen. So let me know if you'd like me to revisit it sometime or if uh, you have a spark thought from my brief tumble down this particular hill, leave us a comment on Facebook or tweet us. I I truly want to know what you think. And if you've had similar feelings, whether uh, you like to paint, you like to dance, do you feel like as a whole, especially with internet culture, that we have an opportunity to just enjoy things as opposed to attempting to make them marketable. Uh, another couple thoughts I had in passing unrelated to that, uh, Anthony had mentioned in one of his latest podcasts, how he was bummed out by some video game delays and how, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't think it bode well for the game industry or something similar. It's not a direct quote. Um, I just want to deliver or try to deliver my countertake on delays of this nature. And it is definitely a bummer when a game that you are you are looking forward to is delayed by months or sometimes even years. Hello, Final Fantasy VII Remake. You're out now. I still haven't played you, but I want to. I plan to, and I'm very excited too. But even though it's a bummer, I feel like I agree with a growing number of video game enthusiasts who think that delays aren't really a bad thing. Uh, And of course, part of this is the human side of the process, wherein development teams will work their employees to the bone in order to get the game out on time. Um, Poor working conditions have caused stress and health issues for oftentimes underpaid employees who are looking to get a foot in the door into... Um, game development and video games in general. They, you know, they want uh, they want to be seen. They want to make a name for themselves, and so they're trying in any way possible to just get on a team. And if someone's overworked and they quit because th- there's three or four people waiting to take their spot for less money, just so they can make that name for themselves in the industry. Now, there's been a couple popular games that have really. Uh, been exposed for these these crunch times like Red Dead Redemption 2 um, had that big expose done on them about the crunch time and working environment while they were trying to get that game out the door so game delays can potentially cause less heartache for the developers and the teams working on those games as they as they try and get them out the door without without rushing people too hard. But the piece of it where I am most inclined, I'm very selfish, uh, to call game delays a force for good is of course uh, the aspect that affects me, the (laughs) the games themselves. When a game is delayed, the studios and teams working on that game have more time to complete the project without being rushed and thus, more often when a game is delayed, it will have a higher degree of polish and finish. And the size of the patches that have to be downloaded and as is in most cases nowadays, the day one patch will be smaller, or they might not even occur in the first place. Anyway, Anthony, that's just something I wanted to to touch on. Uh, I wonder if a lot of people use that phrase in the bedroom. There's something I just wanted to touch on. (laughs) Ridiculous. If not, now you all have a new tool for the toolbox, the bedroom toolbox my favorite toolbox. (laughs) You're welcome. And I'm sorry. Uh, Another passing thought I had about this next generation of video game consoles and feel free to weigh in on this, Anthony. I think this is, is a pretty interesting concept because it's my concept that I came up with in my brain and everything's interesting in my brain until I say it out loud. So immediately after this podcast, I'm going to regret it and everyone else is that listens to it. Uh, but we, we were talking about console-exclusive games a couple days ago, and it has been widely acknowledged, including here on the Culture Jack podcast, that PlayStation 4 has had better console exclusives than the Xbox One. Now, as this next generation of consoles peaks its sneaky little head over the horizon, there's no reason to believe that Sony is going to give up their relentless delivery of top-notch exclusive titles for the next round. It also stands to reason, based on their developer acquisitions, that Microsoft is not going to go down without a fight this time. But, my question to you is, Anthony, could Microsoft already be winning the console-exclusive arms race before it's even begun? Allow me to explain. Previously on the show, we've talked about how great it is that Xbox has leaned so heavily into backwards compatibility. And, and really, what a considerate thing to do, allowing users to dip into their old games in order to stay in the same community without feeling like they need to start over with each new generation or each new iteration of that console. And like we've said before, this is not only a very consumer-friendly approach, but it's incredibly business-savvy too, as now they have a dedicated, satiated, and loyal fan base to continue to exist in their ecosystem. To add on top of all that, all of the games that were playable on any one of their previous generation consoles will now be able to be played on the new Series X. Let me clarify. All of the games that were multi-console, and I'm talking about the big games, the Madden games. I'm talking about the... uh, Apex Legends, The Call of Duties, all these games that were spread over all the consoles will be able to be played on the Xbox Series X, even if they were from a previous generation. So, this is going to include non-console exclusive games, and those are the ones that were previously released also on the PlayStation, on the Wii the original Xbox, the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 5 isn't going to be able to play all of those old games on their new console. So effectively, these old games will become console exclusive games to the Series X to this generation of games. Now, Sony has not given us all the details about the PlayStation 5 yet, but so far they haven't announced backwards compatibility features nearly as exciting or ambitious as Microsoft has. This could be a moot point if they do, but if not, I contend that the Series X will be the dominant force for console exclusives between these two giants in the next generation. All right, now on to some movie news. I wanted to make sure that the coverage over here at Culture Jacked was equitable between the Marvel MCU films and this podcast's preferred superhero cinematic universe, the DCEU. And yes, that is a stamp of approval. The entire Culture Jack team uh, prefers the DCEU over MCU. It's just, it's what we stand for. And Anthony no doubt agrees. Uh, So to that end, here are some updates on film delays on that side of the comic book movie universe. Uh, Wonder Woman uh, 1984 is still scheduled to be released on August 14th that's later this year and i for one cannot wait for this movie uh the trailer was so-so but the first wonder woman movie was so good it's easily one of my top 3 superhero movies uh since they've become really popularized lately i mean that that scene where she came out of the trench in the in the battlefield oh my gosh it gave me it gave me goosebumps um and I've got high hopes for this one, too, because it's the same director, um, Patty Jenkins, I believe, is her name, uh, directing the directing the movie. I, I cannot wait. Similarly to the new Wonder Woman, uh, the new Suicide Squad movie directed by James Gunn. Yes, this is the same James Gunn that was canceled by cancel culture artists. Yeah, He made a deal to make this new Suicide Squad. Then he was uncanceled by Disney to come back and finish out his Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Um, well, the new Suicide Squad, it hasn't hasn't moved either uh, from its original premiere date. And so it's still scheduled to come out in August 2021. So next year, uh, same time as Wonder Woman. The Batman starring Robert Pattinson was delayed. It's now coming out on October 1st, 2021. And it's speculated that Sony was waiting for this because... That's when they delayed the Venom sequel. They delayed it almost a whole year. Um, They're they're now scheduled to come out on June 25th, 2021. And that's where the Batman previously was. Venom 2 was actually supposed to come out in October of this year. And I, I know it's not DCEU news, but Venom 2 just dropped a new teaser that showed the subtitle for the new movie. It's called Venom 2. Let There Be Carnage. Uh, Black Adam starring Dwayne, the rock Johnson is still set for a December 2021 release. I, you know, I wonder how many people have forgotten that he is the rock or how many younger feet folks uh, just, you know, never knew him as the rock. He's always been Dwayne Johnson, the movie star, not the rock, the professional fanny pack wearing wrestler Huh. time, man. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, the forever delayed The Flash movie has moved up, uh, I think, by a month and will now be released on June 3rd, 2022. Shazam 2 has been delayed by one month to be released on November in 2022. And then right after it, in December 2022, uh, the Aquaman sequel will debu- debut. That's a lot of movies that are being released, one right next to each other. I hope Aquaman doesn't eat up too much of Shazam's box office. I really enjoyed, well, heck, I really enjoyed the first Shazam and the first Aquaman as well. Uh, I talked about the Venom 2 delay, but another Sony property is getting the direct-to-video treatment, like many others have gotten since this pandemic. The rebooted Scooby movie, Scoob that was scheduled to come out in theaters on May 15th, now will be available on demand on that day. It's $20 for rental or $25 to purchase the movie. And I think that's a that's a fine deal, especially if you're going to spend 40, 60 bucks at the theater between, you know, movie, movie tickets, snacks, you and a few friends, or you and your kids and your wife. Huh. <sighs> you know, and, and it's kind of, kind of, Piggybacking on your question, Anthony, but it made me think of a, a good question for you and for you, dear listener. Uh, with all these movie delays and video on demand releases, how is this going to change the entertainment inter- industry? I mean, even if this pandemic ends relatively soon and people's confidence to leave their house is high, do you think you'll find the movie culture and landscape as far as theaters go dramatically different than before the virus do you think studios are finding success with direct-to-video releases and maybe during this time a better business model has emerged in that way i'm really interested to know what you what you think about all this but that's it for the episode so throw your headphones to the floor check us out on twitter and facebook at culture jack and if you like the episode and want to hear more Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and tune in next week.